Echo. 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 Sorry, sorry, What? Um, listeners, I'm gosh, um, we had technical difficulties making this episode this week, and that's because our tech guy, um, Connor, um, we don't have time for this. Your power is at your parents' house. Let's just move on. It's not worth it. I had a whole thing on clamping, so um, I don't know what that is. Okay, you know what? Let's. All right. Um. Well, ruined. Ruined my whole it. bit. It's not worth <laughs> it. I promise you. Oh man. Um, Let's get back I'm, to what really matters. Look, I know. I, yeah, yeah. Stuff happened this week. Good episode of Bad Batch. Very exciting. Oh my gosh. And like, oh, stuff I keep talking about happening happened. Whatever. Uh, we should, I think, consider a pivot. Um, in this podcast, could maybe. Like, as it is, we sort of have a specific focus from show to show in the Star Wars universe. Like, we pick a show and we talk about that as it's airing, you know, open it up and make it a little broader in between seasons of shows. And that's been fine. You know, we've made it work. But I think it could be worth considering changing of the format. And instead of talking to about, like, Hanzo Bad Batch or Hanzo Mandalorian or whatever, uh, we instead dedicate um all the podcasts and change the name and do everything different and we talk about these little baby birds in my backyard um well that can certainly be a um uh, an ep like okay so what what would the name of the podcast be um well it has to incorporate um some facet of the bird, some facet of the content, right? Like I've started listening to Dead Eyes on um what is it, the Headgum Podcast Network. And that's about this actor who was told by Tom Hanks he has dead eyes. And it's the whole the whole premise of the, the podcast is that. So Josh Show is a I, terrible that, name. Yeah, that doesn't sound sustainable. I mean he got one anecdote about Tom Hanks and what he talks about every week. No, Josh show talking You'd about his be little surprised baby birds, at how much connections you can make. And then I mean, like every he, he time got, I he got the um, fence, Tom Hanks dad from that thing that you do. And then there's a whole little anecdote about COVID and Tom fence. Hank. So I'll like open the door of the fence and then I'll pop out. The little heads will pop out like, oh, time to eat. And I was like, I'm sorry. It's actually not your mom. It's me. I'm opening the. The gate, take recycling out. I'm gonna close it very quietly. Not You're like a month away much. from getting um, an online bird account. I don't know what that is, and I don't need one because I... I have real birds in my backyard. Yeah, well, it's um, <clears throat> I I in my and a longtime listener, one might say one of our only listeners, um, mm-hmm. was a big birder. She's mm-hmm. ranked. My mom's currently ranked number not eighty nine in um her neck of the woods uh, as an e-birder where um, you make a note of where birds are for some conservatory group. And it's kind of like Pokemon go, but pictures of birds and stuff. So that's a really, uh, it's an idea for sure. Yeah. I mean, um, I think it's like kind of the one to beat really. 
the I mean, one to beat. If no one else is going to bring anything else to the table, then I think we are, you know, I don't know why we're even like we pivot now and I'll go out and go all right now and I'll. But like, is, is, is this going to be like the same kind of back and forth with this podcast where like yeah, I come up with first. an idea and you come up with, you know, the birds come up with an idea, they're chirping <laughs> and then you immediately just stomp on it and are like, no, no, no. I want to talk about my birds. No, it won't be that kind of show. They're, they're just literally birds that are on your fence that are going to be right. gone soon. No, it won't be that kind of show because you won't be in it. Oh, okay. Cool. So cool, there would be cool, nobody cool, cool. to railroad over anything that anyone has to say with their nonsense. Oh, you! <laughs> I I'm the one that's railroading in the situation. <laughs> yeah, you're always oh. talking over me. You're constantly uh. talking over me. That's your gozu thing. <laughs> We really need to bring in a po'boy's um, expert who's just a therapist. Like, we need to bring in somebody who is a mock therapist so that they don't get um, sued by us or the birds mm-hmm. um, in order to, uh, you know, get into the psychological, these psychological issues. Yeah, I actually had something, but if you want to um, to use your terminology, steamroll over it um feel free to do that it doesn't really come across yeah, as something so that you want it was to initially it seemed like there's only three eggs in there but i thought i saw a fourth and then they hatched and then there's three birds in there so i don't know if the fourth egg if i imagine that that was in there i think there was a fourth egg in there but i only see three birds but then maybe there's like a little runt in there or maybe the other three ate it i don't know i mean we were gone for the weekend so anything could have happened i guess um yeah, and they're just, I mean, they're having the time of their freaking life. I mean, I'm going in and out. I had a lot of recycling to take on every freaking time. They're like, oh, this time, this time, chirp, 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 chirp. I'm like, I don't go feed you. But maybe I could. But then I'm like, if I fed them, I probably wouldn't be good. I don't want them to imprint on me, you know. I already have so many impressionable young fans out there that are, you know, making it very difficult for me to have a public life because everything I do and say, I really have to think like, what are the young impressionable people going to think if I do and say this? And what are the second and third order effects of that? And so I do often um, put on that kind of hat when I'm thinking about taking like these rash um, grand sweeping moves, like feeding these little baby birds for the mom who would be on the power line looking at me, watching me do it, which seems like a whole other level of like, that's probably not good luck. But another part of me is like, oh. You know, we had these little baby cardinals. We had them. And there was a storm. We don't have little baby cardinals anymore. And I did bury them in the backyard. And they are dead. And now I have these robins. And I don't know. I don't want a repeat of this. I'm very happy with these robins. And so, on one hand, I can't have these robins imprinting on me. I don't know how to teach them how to fly. I could Google it. I could look up how to teach them how to fly. I think I probably could if I had to. But I don't want to stake their lives on it but then it's like if this bird mom bird parent is going to let these little baby birds die like the last little baby birds died you know and then i don't do anything well then what am i you know and it's so if if i do do this and then they imprint on me and then you know all of a sudden their mom is a nobody and if i don't do it and the birds could end up dying Josh, can I help you? Um, steamroller Pete over here. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I just just a couple, a couple shock notes. you lasted that long truly a, cu- a couple notes um one I feel you thinking you could outlast me but i knew i didn't have to go that long one one um a couple notes one podcasting 101 um you should explain what type of bird it is i i i, I took in- until minute seven for us to know it, they were robins mm-hmm. note two um this whole, you know, in a previous Josh life, you had another set of birds that died. That's kind of a teaser to another episode. So you're you're going through content. Way well, too we've much. already discussed that on the pod. And then number three. Well, no, on a previous pod, on a previous pod, that's not about birds. That's true. And my, and my third I'm glad note you're coming online here. My third note is in 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 your little chirp chirp world. Mm-hmm. You think that there are Josh's show. Um, fans of Poe Boys that first were with us with Star Wars Resistance, mm-hmm. then followed us to Clone Wars, followed us through the movies, or mm-hmm. currently listening because of Bad Batch, and that those same people are birders. So close. What I'm actually okay. thinking is, we had fans of the show who listened for Resistance, and then slowly but steadily trickled away down the drain throughout the course of Clone Wars and the Mandalorian and then have seemingly definitively abandoned ship every single week of Bad Batch. And so now, rather than worrying about sustaining them, and I talked last week, I'm not even sure. I think some of them may only be listening to hear you burn bridges left and right and dig us deeper in uh, a hole. I can't tell. Um, I'm deciding to light that ship on fire before the rest of them can get off. And then meanwhile, I have this whole new other ship that's a bird ship. And there's a whole other people and they'll be like, Star Wars, what? I'm here for these birds. Yeah, there's it's two different circles. You're thinking of a Venn diagram. This is two different circles. So two separate feed, separate accounts, Frank, or new, new Gmail. Two thoughts. The first, and Josh, thank you for love giving this to the listeners. I'd love it if you could whittle it down to one. Well, I'm going to whittle it down. I'm going to add an anecdote. <laughs> so it's technically... I'll get into your headspace. One is, listeners, this is a great look at how people deal with loss of listeners. It's it's not like, oh, let's see if we're still broadcasting on all the same sites, which we are not. Um, And let's kind of see if we can do a thing here, a thing there. Um, instead, oh, let's, become, let's, let's become a bird idea. podcast. I hadn't thought about doing a thing here, a thing there. I would argue I would argue becoming a bird podcast is both a thing here and a thing there. For my anecdote, oh, um, I'm currently, so I had a little bit about clamping, but that's obviously not true. I'm back um, home in my hometown, and I'm recording on a desk in my parents' house for books, and I'd like to share the titles with you. Let's share the titles with you. The first title A day in every kid's life where they have to record on their parents' desk, and there's all that, oh, your parents' desk, oh, your mom's dad's desk, oh, you know what your mom's dad did on the day, and Pete finally is there at that day where he's recording from his parents' desk. Sitcom trope. Wow. So the the, the books that that are on this desk... And I feel like it really sums up what's happening to me personally. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the first book, Why Does the World Exist? by Jim Holt. Then there's a book that is called Bleeds by Stephen King. And then the last book on the desk is Mobituaries by Mo Rocca, right next to a Hoover's manual for a Hoover power scrub carpet washer. Mo so, Rocca. Yeah. Um, how the Mo have fallen. Now, um, I, you know, for, for just out of habit and because I wasn't able to get enough material, I do have a brief thing about Star Wars. Um, yeah, if, if you could do that while I um, feed my dogs, that'd be good. Yeah, and then the, your let's um, just for you know for the birders, they don't like um, the Star Wars fans don't really care that there's so much background noise and the quality of the audio, but birders they really really like clean audio and a lot of silence so that they can find and hmm. they can take pictures of birds. That's just a information from um, a birder that I do know. Interesting. So, and I guess my response to that would be, when's the last time you knew anything about anything, a little punk? Um, I'm sure that the birding community will love that. So, um, this week, um, I don't, there's certainly some Star Wars news, but I, something that... Today, this is a seriously <laughs> like who really needs to hit their garbage disposal <laughs> I was bored oh man all right then article lining Jennifer Corbett Jennifer Corbett she is the she's one of the writers yeah no 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 she's the head writer of Bad Batch, okay. and she was Star Wars Resistance. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's an article um, on StarWars.com called How Do You Challenge a Super Soldier, Jennifer Corbett, on Helping the Clones and find their So they do this highlighting. I had no idea that Jennifer Corbett was the head writer on the show. Um, you should follow her on Twitter. She posts a lot, and she, she's got some pretty funny comments um, as she's trying to promote Bad Batch. Um, I think about birds. And I'm sure there's some, there's some <clears throat> stuff about birds as well, too. Interesting. Um, Interesting. But, you know, we talked about diversity at, um, a few times when we, we used to be a Star Wars podcast mm-hmm. and how there are not a ton of um, female voices and female actors, uh, sorry, actresses, um, that are in Star Wars. You know, there is a, um, an issue of diversity. I think um, George Lucas's daughter might have been the only writer during the Clone Wars, only female writer, but that's, I'm not 100% on that. No, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, she was certainly the one that was highlighted the most, and then it was yeah. like um, Carrie Beck was highlighted a lot, but I think yeah. she was a producer. Right. Um, so it's like, it's, it's, it's a cool thing. Um, she, I looked up her IMDb, um, Star Wars Resistance was one of her big breaks. She has written episodes for NCIS, um, so television, and then being the head writer on a show that you'd think that you know Dave Filoni would have you know a lot of control over and would kind of be the person that's like steering the ship um, has been interesting to me because I I I don't know and maybe 
you being more of a felony file than I am, do you see a, a marked difference in the tone and quality of these episodes? Like, does this does Bad Batch feel like a Clone Wars episode when you watch it, or does it feel like its own kind of distinct thing? Is she speaking through Filoni's voice, or do you think um, it's kind of charting its own path? I think that there's, um, I guess for lack of uh, an emotional um, palette, and um, there we go, an emotional palette that's still kind of there in the sense of like who these shows are for and what kind of stories you're trying to tell and it being about um, hope and change and yada yada. And I, I think that that is certainly a carryover from the sort of stuff you see in Rebels and the sort of stuff you saw in Clone Wars and presumably the sort of stuff that, you know, Dave Filoni learned from George Lucas. But I think Bad Batch is, is very much its own animal. And I think it, I mean, the pacing, pacing is number one. The number mm. one thing that shouts, this is a different voice in Star Wars, is the pacing. And, you know, the amount of time between teasing you with something and delivering on it. And the clip that it moves ahead at. I mean, I don't know. I think, you know, if it had been Clone Wars or Rebels, with everything that happened, like, leading up to what happened in this episode, like, that would be the end of the season. And probably the season would have been longer than 16 episodes. Because it just was... They're more, I don't know, they're a little more meandering or, or it felt like it felt like sometimes there were episodes where for whatever reason they could not move forward that far or something. Or, I, you know, and maybe that's just, you know, the sensibility of those writers in, in Rebels or in Clone Wars more appreciated um, taking in the sights and sounds or, or, you know, moving at a slower clip. But I think Bad Batch is the way the story's progressing and also the way that, you know, they keep setting up these like very on the nose recurring storytelling tropes and then subverting them, particularly with their treatment of Omega, I think is stuff that that, that says to me, like, no, this is a different, this is a different voice or a different perspective. Well, I think that the, the storytelling has been like super on point. Um, we'll get into the episode um, if the birds allow and the point where they're trying to trick crosshairs and crosshairs is like, you guys are morons yeah. and corners them. It's just like some, is some writing that I enjoyed. I tend to agree with you. I would say that um, one thing that I think is a difference and it's like an intentional one is the scope, right? In clone wars, you would have the narrator at the beginning. You know, it's like this is an episode that looks at one theater in a massive war. So, you know, you're seeing this one little story that's across, you know, hundreds and hundreds of stories during the Clone Wars. And this is a very specific story <clears throat> on how these characters are surviving and dealing with the post Order 66 world. The thing that's most interesting to me and i probably am being unfair to jennifer corbett is now i look at these episodes so i looked at the last few episodes of clone wars and i'm expecting for there to be some extending of the mythos some extending of big characters and big character development right you have those last two episodes 
um, with Ahsoka and what happens to Ahsoka put, put, um, during Order 66. You have the Siege of Mandalore and all of that stuff. And now I'm thinking to myself, like, is this show going to push us farther to the mythos and kind of explain some things that we previously, maybe we weren't asking the question or answering a question that is something that, you know, Bad Batch can easily answer. Yeah, but I mean, my counter argument to that would be that Ahsoka and finding out what happens to Ahsoka doesn't become something that defines the mythos until Ahsoka is a character that you've regularly spent time with throughout seven seasons, you know, Mm -hmm. and that, you know, the characters we have day to day on Bad Batch can, you know, grow in scale and scope and impact within within the mythos. I don't know. And I mean, I I certainly I'm. The big story that Jennifer and the writing team at Bad Batch has con- charge of is like this um, um, this Omega, Omega. I'm going to just say Omega from now on. Mm-hmm. Omega story and explaining what happens to the Kaminoans because we know it goes from Clone Wars to Stormtroopers and something happens with the Kaminoans. That's the story that they have in uh, control of and that they are, you know, steering. And thus far i mean this is the mid-season finale um and they've done a really really good job um i'm actually curious at one at one point we didn't text about this so um i was kind of surprised to not hear from you when we got to the the big reveal at the end of the episode but did hear from me i thought i texted you the runtime did you text me the runtime i'm pretty sure i did because i had to tell you something but i wanted to obey my own rules because i knew if i texted you pretty much anything me texting you about it would be all you needed to know to know that something happened so i'm pretty sure i just texted you <laughs> no yeah yeah you, you definitely did and yeah. then i texted wow 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 right yeah <laughs> and then I something mean, about a minefield I threw, I, look threw that in as like a wish list thing when we were looking at the trailer and i'm buddy lost it lost it oh buddy i didn't think i don't know crazy and then that whole little shootout gunslinger thing and i feel i mean honestly we probably have they've probably done that in star wars before at this point but oh man and kevin kiner's score oof oof and i mean it was to bad batch's credit beyond the cool ending and stuff like that was already a great episode you know and oh, yeah, i for think sure. the mark of like the balance between bringing something new to the table and and you know creating new characters and taking us new places versus just calling back to stuff that we already know is you know they did this incredible callback that i'm still losing it over i'm losing it pete but they didn't even, you know, it was icing on the cake. Like they did the, you know, they did the work with their own house first, you know, before like, oh yeah, and then we're going to take these toys too that you guys like. Like that was, I don't know, it was already a great episode. Though I don't, I did have trouble understanding the geography of whatever they were doing in the big engine when it went off and where they were. I didn't understand. In relation to the, it. In, in, Okay, in relation to the Marauder? 
No, when they shot the engine off of the downshift to escape. Mm -hmm. And there would be exterior shots of the engine looking like it was on, but they'd still be in it. I don't know. I'm sure I just lost the beat somewhere. But um, yeah, what a great freaking episode. I'm loving this show, man. Well, in the Crosshair, like, you know, we had talked about how Crosshair has to be a villain Mm -hmm. because you can't have vader you don't have inquisitors yet so you need crosshairs or mm-hmm. it's that um imperial dweeb who's at um, rampart. Right now. Yeah. rampart's a great name um and crosshairs delivered he oh was yeah ruth- he was ruthless you know he he tried to literally burn them alive he you know tricks them he uses their own tactics against them mm-hmm. and um hunter i mean hunter does a really good job of you know dealing with that and hunter i i feel for hunter hunter is going through so much stuff and just keeps getting beat down again and again and this week was no different you felt like this could easily be two jedi and just the desperation that was shown during this of them trying to get out well, at the same time, I don't... Did they start shooting the clones? I don't know if they start actually using actual rounds. I think they're starting to actually try and kill the stormtroopers. Yeah, well, I was about to say, they're not clones. <laughs> um. Yeah, well, some of them... Some of them still... Some of the voices was still... Oh, there's still, still Billy some D, clones. Or not Billy D. <laughs> um, were they? Okay, because I definitely yeah, noticed a... voices that were not D. Bradley Baker. Because there was a distinct um, when they go into the corridor and they like hide past some clones, um, they that was pretty distinct. I'll actually have to have to pay attention back when they start showing voices that are not Billy D. I wonder if it's actually Billy D. Sorry, um, not Billy D. D. Bradley Baker. Oh, yeah. Good lord. <laughs> Um, I'm curious if they're hiring him to also do other voices. That would be so meta. Uh, <laughs> if he was also doing all the stormtroopers. Yes. Um, but yeah, so him. crosshairs, that was, that was brilliant. Um, I thought the, um, run, the runaway was really good. Um, you know, them throwing those charges and kind of, the large magnitude i kind of felt like i was back in like fallen order where you're just like running from like the down um all this broken stuff on Braca, mm-hmm. which is like the first episode of fallen order um had a lot of good references to that yeah. um but there there isn't there isn't really a whole lot to talk about at least as far as i'm concerned in in relation to to that the real meat of the situation is do you buy crosshair as, a, as an irredeemable character at this point or do you think that they, they can still kind of be redeemed no because I, I i don't buy him as your i think he can be redeemed like obviously like i don't i mean to me in a world where we have this whole like Raylo kylo did nothing wrong yada yada thing like crosshairs is being like actively mind controlled I don't know. He's is I I don't even think he's comparable to an Anakin or a Kylo character. That I mean that said, you know, 
maybe they fixed that inhibitor chip in him and you come to find out like, yeah, no, I mean, but it was a big part of it was me. And I'm actually, you know, like when you find out that Vegeta let himself become Majin Vegeta, what the heck, you know? No, I don't think he's irredeemable though. But I mean, yeah, yeah come down I to... mean, Omega does the same kind of line that she did when they were in the holding cell. Right. Is, I know that you can't help it. Yeah. And something changed. So, I mean, you they hint at this, right? Um, think back to the Wrecker stuff of we don't get to hunt Wrecker's inhibitor chip episode until last week's episode. So, yeah, they're definitely laying it on. Um, well, and just I mean, go back to time. go back to those last episodes of Clone Wars when. Rex is hit with Order 66. And we talked about on this show how it's like Order 66 is such a reoccurring thing in Star Wars media now and that it's mm-hmm. so easy to not be affected by it at all. Like, not not to find it at all emotional or whatever when you see it for the upteenth time. But when they did it in, in Clone Wars and it was affecting Rex and you could see him kind of trying not to go with the flow. But, I mean, he... No dice, like he caved, just like Wrecker. And, you know, you look at Wrecker and Rex after they have those chips removed and the emotional devastation that it uh, it brings to them. And, yeah, I mean, yeah. So, of course, I think crosshairs can be redeemed. But then it's also, you got to wonder, I mean, now I do wonder if he will be, though, or if there is sort of a a road in which... You know, he gets that inhibitor chip out or whatever. But then, you know, he he was not in great shape when we left him this episode. They're putting him in his little clone Darth Vader suit. And, you know, you have to wonder, does, does he decide, oh, I've gone too far now anyway. Like, this doesn't bother me that much. I don't know. Just stop on that for a second. And move over to Cad Bane because I feel like Crosshairs plays a role in Cad Bane. So Josh, you see Cad, you see Cad Bane, or at least and then I, I think black I th- out. And three days later, I wake up and I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> and I watch the episode again. Uh huh. Yeah, I um, my my initial thoughts were not even remotely to the scene at hand. It was like, oh, wow, Josh is probably elated (laughs) like um it's always nice when you see you know you see parts of like things that you enjoy um and you're like i really enjoyed that and a lot of times when you know there's a movie you really like or a tv show and there's a big moment so for like for me um you know the uh, spoilers for mandalorian season two the big reveal in the season two finale um Mm -hmm was just huge you know i would i probably started screaming at my desk at work uh, <laughs> and i was thinking wow josh is doing the exact same thing and is probably you know pausing and then taking a look at the cad bane and this is insane so josh where where has cad bane been what's the do you know the last episode that we saw cad bane in yeah, last we saw of Cad Bane, I mean, listeners, write in if I'm wrong, but as far as I can recall, it was in season four when 
Obi-Wan goes undercover mm-hmm. with Cad Bane and some other bounty hunters as Waco Hardeen. And there's this whole plot that Cad Bane is involved in uh, to assassinate Palpatine, I think. And he ends up getting caught. And then I think that is the last we see of him canonically. And then we've, of course, talked on this show about how there are animatics for future Clone Wars episodes that involved him that never happened. Uh, and I won't go into those now in case they become important or incorporated because um, I could definitely draw a line from where we are to where that might end up being. Um, well, and here's here's an example of that, too, is um, and I don't know if you saw this um, this past week. Um, we're not you 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 actually read the Dr. Afra comic. Um, but there was some well, not currently. OK, there is some um art out there of a um Tatarski I always get his name wrong the, oh, the dirge yeah dirge yeah. yeah dirge being introduced into Dr. Afro which would yeah. be the first introduction yeah. of dirge in the Disney era and dirge um for those um birders that happen to like Star Wars mm-hmm. um Imagine a bird that, when its wings are cut off, they they grow back, yeah. And he and the bird gets angry and angrier, mm-hmm. and then and and engulfs whatever is upset at it, mm-hmm. and then whatever is upset at it, say it's a bomb, it can explode, and then it'll come back, and you'll never see it again until seventeen years later. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I'm so Dirge, for that. yeah. Dirge was so. Cad Bane, very important Star Wars character to me because it was a big part of me. Like I saw some footage of his first episode he shows up in in like a, a Comic-Con panel or something. And it was one of the things I was like, oh, I should probably watch Clone Wars. But Cad Bane was brought in in the season one finale. It was originally going to be Dirge. Really? Okay. I and didn't know that. Again. So Dirge is, of course, from the, yeah, the Gendik Tarkovsky, the original 2D Clone Wars series, which is now on Disney+. Plus. So you can actually go check that out. Um yeah, and, and then for all the just, listeners mm-hmm. out there, just a quick note on the Doctor Afro thing. I intend to read it. I just haven't picked up the trades yet. But yeah, so no spoilers for Doctor Afro for me. But I did hear about the Dirge thing. <laughs> yeah, and Dirge, Dirge, and, and Cad Bane are definitely two of the characters that you're like. I can imagine them going toe to toe with Jedi, um, and being characters that like. In a galaxy where you have Jedi as the police, they would be able to get the best of them and operate um, without getting caught um, mm-hmm. by them. Um, yeah, so we we the the holocron heist that wasn't wasn't that the um, Obi Wan infiltration or was that that was a different? Um, no, that's canonically okay in viewing order around that's like his first thing he does i believe yeah that's i think that's before but the hostage crisis is the first episode he shows up in at the end of season one but no the obi-wan one it's like the one of the, the like third episode of it is that one the box where they do that legends then, of the hidden temple bounty hunter game we watched that together in college yeah we definitely did yeah yeah and then quinlan voss was part of the holocon heist he was part of the hostage crisis one, which hostage is, crisis. involves zero. 
the hut. Right, 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 right. But, but the the direct follow up that Quinlan Voss appears in doesn't happen until a full season plus after. Mm-hmm. Oh, this crisis episode because that's what the first three seasons of Clone Wars were like. Yeah, just all over um, the place. So who did you have any expectations for who was gonna be there at the end of the episode? Even I didn't think anybody like, was going to be there. Really? Because the Kaminoans, yeah. as this goes back to what I was saying about the show, delivering like so quickly. Like there, there's such confidence in that. Like they don't feel like, oh, we have to save these cards. Like they're they're showing their hand real quick. Like we got more. We got more where this came from. We can keep shuffling coal on the fire because we've got plenty. Because um, the Kaminoans have a conversation about like, oh no, yeah, we need to step in quick now. And I'm thinking, oh, that'll be something in the background. And then. Yeah, as soon as they showed the dead clone in the ship, and it was like, oh, someone is here. And I just assumed it was going to be Fennec again. Oh, I didn't even. And then, yeah. And then, because Corey Burton is back, is the, the guy who's always voiced Cad Bane is, is voicing him again. But his voice was like ever so slightly different. But I mean, you know, the character is aged, and I'm sure they're, you know, trying to, to delineate um, the passage of time there. He should be so much more jovial, too, because it's like the people that were there to get him are all wiped out. He's basically like a kid in a candy store and the cashier got murdered um, and you can do whatever the hell you want. Yeah, but he was never Captain was never uh, too much of a jokester. No, he was not. Um, And then, yeah, that boy, that duel. That was great. That was great stuff. Um, um, I guess Rex think... got away free and clear. <laughs> yeah. Um... It seems like time passed because they were trying to kind of ransack the ship. So they're probably there for a minute. Ransack the ship and all of them had their inhibitor chips removed. Right. right. So you don't know how long that process went. Um, right. And StarWars.com is making a point to um, outline how much Wrecker loves proton torpedoes, which. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh man! Um, when he just threw a torpedo at a guy, that was really mm-hmm. good. That was real good. Um, yeah, he's. I. I mean, I. I think the only character that we have not seen developed is Tech. I was. Yep. That was what I was yeah. going to say. And I. I mean, obviously, Echo has the most history of any of these characters. Mm-hmm. But it is still just. It does kind of feel like Tech and Echo are like background more in the background and yeah 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 but i you know we're only eight episodes in so i'm sure yeah, they'll and be they haven't outlined a specific like part of that character that you would need to know more of mm-hmm. um you know maybe for echo it could be at some point they go back to one of the planets that echo got like captured and experimented on because those separatists are on the run or something like that yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't actually expect <clears throat> anything. I I was like, um, I was I was very surprised to see Cad Bane, and I was pleasantly surprised to see Cad Bane's um, droid assistant. Yeah, I forget Toto. What name it. Toto. <laughs> Who got blown up? Um, his his or... his yeah. leg got blown up, and then he hit re- he hit no no in Omega. Wars, he gets blown up. Oh, he does. Okay, like he gets a bomb put in him and explodes. So I don't know if this is <laughs> Toto three sixty one or what. Uh-huh. I'm sure this sounds like information that is rife for 
Bad Batch Declassified. Speaking of, they mm-hmm. do call it a Dianoga this week. They refer back to it, and they call it Dianoga. Oh, interesting. Okay. So, weird. I don't know. Didn't really look anything like the one we see, but maybe I no, wasn't looking no, at it through that lens. Yeah. So, what did you think about the the looking through Hunter's eyes? Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I the whole time I was like, oh, I thought um, Tie Fighters were stupid because you could probably not see anything, you know, to either side of you. And then I see this helmet, and I'm thinking, oh, this is actually um, super stupid. And I no wonder he lost the duel. He probably couldn't see anything below Captain's elbow. Yeah, and it wasn't even close. No, yeah, it wasn't even close. He hit Toto's um, leg. Yeah, he didn't get anywhere near Cad Bane. Yeah, uh, which I, I, don't which care I much like. For POV. I don't care much for POV shots, and that I mean, I totally get that. That's just my own preference, and you know, that's 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 just my own. Um, yeah, but yeah, I don't know. I yeah, I don't know. It was fine. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Could have done without it. I don't know the hell. I mean, because now I'm gonna be thinking every time I put that helmet on, we like, what are you doing? You're gonna die. You're gonna you, you're gonna sacrifice half of your vision. <laughs> so I don't know. What did you think of it? I I thought it was fine. Um, mm-hmm. I think it kind of adds to like the we gotta move, we gotta move. It kind of adds to the severity of the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not just like you know he's unconscious. Wrecker pulls him, and then it's Echo and tech you know running you know toe and toe with them so it's a different take i take it or leave it like i don't need to see it included again but here's here's the what i want to circle back to crosshairs on so crosshairs um is given like a breathing um apparatus yeah and he's like clearly burned but like we don't know how severe because it's animation right um, I think there might be, I'm, I'm trying to think of all the, like, obviously the bad batch is probably going to go back to either, um, Rhea Perlman and Sid, or they're going to go, they're going to find a way to get to Camino. Um, but I'm curious what role Crosshair is going to play of if they try to turn Crosshairs and then that's their in in order to get to Camino to get it to Omega. Hmm. Cause that's, that's, those are their next steps is they got to find some way to get to Camino. Um, I mean, I guess they could be like, where does Cad Bane hang out before he gets to Camino? But it seems pretty clear that they're Cad Bane's going to return them to return to Omega. Maybe. To I can't, I can't shake the pipe dream. I guess you could call it that there is you know these animatics for episodes of the clone wars about what what's what goes down with cab bane and that that there is like a very clear way to me to dovetail that into this (laughs) and then i think there are stories that were going to be told that weren't that could be told now and that the connectivity is there such that the characters involved I could see why they would show up or have a stake in it or have something to say about it. So, I don't know. Here's here's the episode. Cad Bane goes to a bar to refill. 
and yeah. to reload. And Darth Maul. And then a we see no, 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 no. We see we see Lando, mm -hmm. who is on the run from Aura Singh. Oh yeah. Aura Singh sees that there's this big bounty, and then confronts Cad Bane, and then a young shot Beckett. That's right, Beckett mm -hmm. from Solo is also there and is like, I'm going to get on, on some of this loot as well. And they have a three-person standoff. Orison mm -hmm. gets killed, like it was referenced in in Solo. Yeah, but she's and then pushed. Pushed to death by Beckett. <laughs> I mean, or, you got to push someone in a standoff? <laughs> and push it. They're standing. And then you, well, in order to... Also, this it, was not the story I was referring to. <laughs> and then... You know, there's this whole standoff, and then Ugh. you know maybe Beckett just isn't even takes credit for the kill, and it's not actually, you know, like they see that she's been pushed off, but maybe she like fell or something, and then the Bad Batch comes and gets Omega, and it's like, hey, that's how we wrote out Or Singh. You're welcome. Yeah, I mean, or some other guys could show up, and some other stuff could happen. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I mean, I, probably. I, Neither, but I mean, given this show's, um, like I said, this confidence they have that, that you know to, to to keep showing you what you want to see and not not paying playing it slow. I feel like pretty confident we'll see more Cad Bane this week, which oh, be for sure freaking exciting. I'm pumped. Um, I was kind of wondering if we might see another trailer, like a. A mid season back -end trailer for the back mm -hmm. half of the season. Um, I don't know that I want that. I do kind of like being surprised, like so last we were... week. So we're, we're that's everything, yeah, I believe for sure. Well, no, we're actually not. <laughs> we're actually not really. Oh, no, I hope that's not next week. That doesn't seem like what I was seeing. Yeah, I think there's still like one little scenario there. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Do you want to? Do we want to talk? Do we want to touch on that? Something that's in the trailer yeah, I mean, that we, we can, haven't seen yet. Yeah, we can. We can touch on that and kind of have that be the last part. Yeah. So there's some stuff in the trailer with an ATTE, like that four six-legged walker that clones use. There's a bunch of them mm -hmm. on like Geonosis and stuff. And there's some there's some combat involving one of those, um, at a very like kind of regal looking area, if memory serves. So that hasn't happened yet, unless I'm forgetting something. But it, I'm not, and it hasn't. So. And we also know from Rebels, which is set you know some fifteen or twelve years in the future, what happens to Genosis in the Empire. So this could be kind of the start of that, um, but it would well, surprise. This was non-geonosis. I was just using oh, geonosis to to oh, okay, clue in listeners the the vehicle I was referring to. Oh, oh, oh okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, wasn't it kind of they they like when they did the kind of showing where all the different theaters are and they show like Yoda on Kashyyyk? Don't they show that same thing on like an ice planet? No, I think they show it on Kashyyyk, the same, the same, the same thing. The thing I think of on Kashyyyk is the turbo tank. <laughs> the clone okay. turbo yeah, I'm tank. thinking about the turbo tank. Yep. 
Um, this is like the stuff that it's, I don't know if it's the exact same, but it's like what's dropped in on the gunships, kind of, sort of. Like the gunships come down and drop these walkers off. Um, oh, anyway, okay. It's okay, ATT yeah. is, I'm pretty sure, what, what, what it's called. Um, but yeah, there's there's some footage of one of those in the trailer. And that we have not seen. Uh, so, who knows? I mean, if you're waiting on me, I got nothing. Interesting. Well, I can't hear Pete. And Pete had internet trouble. So I'm just going to assume that he's gone. Um, And I'm going to go check on these baby birds. I mean, it was pretty much all we had to talk about. Oh, you know, I got nothing. <laughs> 